Hey, it's Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Mike Letterman of BridgeBank. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, you are, I think, a second time guest, right? I am. It's, it's been a number of years, though, so good to be back with you. Well, my pleasure, man. Well, maybe you could just kind of refresh the audience and tell them you know, how you uh, came to BridgeBank, what you saw there, and it's been a, we were talking before I turned the mic on. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been pretty amazing how much growth uh, BridgeBank has had since you joined. It's been a lot of fun to be here for, for so long and see the growth of the success that we, we've had. I, I started with the bank in 2003. So a very, very long time ago, BridgeBank was a community bank in, in uh, the Santa Clara area. Um, and we grew very, very fast. And one of the fastest growing banks in the country over the course of the next 12 years until we were acquired by Western Alliance Bank in 2015, uh, which ended up being a phenomenal event, both for employees and clients and shareholders in terms of what the, the combination of the, the combined bank was able to do. So at 2015, at the time of the acquisition, we were 11 billion in assets and, and uh, just announced yesterday, uh, crossing the $50 billion threshold in terms of asset size, which uh, puts us in a, a very nice company here with, with other banks in the country. That's incredible. 50 billion, five zero. Amazing. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. Good for you. You, you picked the right horse a long time ago and you can, you know, sometimes it's easy to hop off the right horse, but you stayed on the right horse. Good for you. Yeah. Thankfully I have, and we've got a great team with a lot of continuity on our team and a lot of people that have been here for a long time, which has been uh, a key to our success. And, and as we've grown, we've been able to recruit and hire top, uh, top bankers across the country and in different markets and, and add their, their networks and their area of expertise to our team. And all of that has contributed to, to where we are today. So it's, it's been a, been a good time. That's something you should talk about for a second. Cause I mean, when I met you and BridgeBank, it was really kind of a Bay area phenomenon, you know, which mm -hmm. is where a lot of startups are, you know, but the startup ecosystem has expanded dramatically across, really across the country, across uh, the world last, you know, 10 years. And you guys have mirrored that, right? Like what's, what's been the growth, you know, how, how have you spread out? What was the strategy behind that? Yeah, the key for us, and we've always had clients all over the country, and we do our best to manage our day-to-day -day relationships with clients, both loans and deposit uh, relationships, in the closest geographical office to where the client is located. And we've been able to, to do that successfully by hiring top-tier bankers in market, uh, people who have a network, know 
technology banking, no commercial banking, um, and have been able to plant that flag for us in different geographies and then recruit and hire a team uh, to help support our client and, and expand our client base in that market. So over the last few years, some of those geographies that we've added include Denver, Seattle, Austin, Chicago. We recently announced we're opening a new office in New York. So it really puts us in every major tech hub around the country uh, with leadership in each of those markets that has, has been there and done this before um, and, and is, is the right person in each of those places to, to lead the charge for us. That's beautiful. I do like the local leader too, because the, the startup world is just so relationship intensive. It actually really works for you if you're good at what you do and the startup ecosystem kind of rewards you. And so, you know, picking that person in um, Denver or Seattle or Austin or Chicago or New York, that's really good because you get to really piggyback on their relationships and their know-how. So that's a smart strategy. I like that. That's exactly right. And with that, that's, you know, people ask us all the time how we differentiate amongst others in our space and, and how we manage our relationships to me is the number one way we are different. We have a single point of contact for our clients in each of those geographies. So when you come to BridgeBank as a series A company, you're going to be working with that same team throughout the entirety of your relationship with the bank. And that person is, is in your geography, in your time zone. Um, and it's hopefully someone and ideally someone that you use for things beyond questions about banking. We want you to uh, ask us when you want introductions to VCs or, of course, uh, temp CFO and accounting firms and attorneys and, and use our network to help you. We want to have this be a relationship, not just a banking transaction. And we do that by ensuring that people have their relationships with the individuals at the bank, not just with the bank. And that's that continuity in the relationship management in region, uh, which, which in our opinion, sets us apart. Yeah. I love the single point of contact. That's really nice. I'm like that too. Like I want to have like my, you know, all the, like the functional expert for every aspect of not just my work life, but my personal life. And so yeah. having like that one person's cell phone number or email you can call and they, you know, they'll fix it is like really, really valuable. You know, maybe talk about BridgeBank's capabilities real fast, because I think that concept of like the single point of contact segues or or is is helpful to overlay over some of your products and services you offer, because then we can kind of talk about like why it matters to have that single point of contact. BridgeBank offers products and services to to meet a technology startup's needs at all stages of their life cycle. It starts it starts when you incorporate. And, and we want you to bank with us at that stage. Uh, we have a program that we call Bridge to Growth, uh, which is essentially free banking, uh, no fees on account analysis, oh. uh, you know, free services for companies. The reason for that is we want, you to, we want you to test us out. We want you to come here and learn us, let us learn you and, and understand our, our online banking platform, the products and services that we offer a company as they grow. That enables you to have that relationship when you're ready for venture debt down the road from there, when you're ready for working capital financing uh, and longer term growth capital as a company continues to mature. And again, the key here is all within the same team. Um, yeah. There's not a team that you talk to at the front end and another team that comes in from behind the curtain after you sign on the dotted line. Uh, it's the same person and it's the same person, whether you're a series A company or whether you're publicly traded and everything in between. And we've got quite a few success stories here of companies that have come to us very early in their life cycle, worked through uh, all sorts of different products and services that a company needs as they grow with range from, as I mentioned, Series A venture debt to a working capital line and, and longer term growth capital uh, to pre-IPO financing. 
um, and then servicing companies post IPO as well. I can see the advantage of it where like in a couple different ways. First, you mentioned like Bridgebank's willing to make like invest uh, investor intros or lawyer accounting, whatever intros, but like putting, if you're a banker and you're kind of making that intro to a venture capitalist who you work with a lot, that's, you're putting like your name on that intro. And so they need to have confidence in the company mm-hmm. and they're only going to have confidence in the company if they work with you all the time and have seen you kind of go through some ups and downs and things like that. So that's, that's one way I see the relationship really paying off. And the other one is on the lending side, because sometimes I've seen this cause I used to work in lending, as you know, and like we were, we were that way too at Lighthouse. You kind of, you're one person you're going to work with forever. But I've seen other times where people take a loan from a bank or a fund and like the, the happy, smiley person you were working on the front end with is, is, has disappeared and they are now <laughs> finding other companies to lend to. And now you're dealing with like this very difficult credit person or administrative <laughs> person who doesn't care anything about what you do, doesn't even know what you do and can't really be flexible when you need it or yeah. add on when you need it. So I think there's just a, especially on the lending side, I can see it being a really huge value. It is. And, and that's, uh, we ask people after we, we close uh, along with them, we'll say, Hey, well, you know, you had many options. And in this market, every company has multiple options to choose from. Uh, so we asked why they chose us. And, and the number one answer by far is, we, we dug in and understood their business from the beginning, number one. But number two, we also developed a relationship with the management team and or the investor syndicate that showed that we understood their business, that showed that we, we were going to be that right partner. And, uh, you know, again, I feel like a broken record saying it, but because it is unique in our industry, that single point of contact throughout the entirety of the relationship with the bank, that that's the key point here. And, and that, that's what we offer. And, and if, if people were to ask me what our number one key to success is, it, it's continuing like that uh, so that we know that we know the good, the bad and the ugly with that company, with that, you know, as much as we'd like to see all companies go up and to the right, we all know that's not the case every time. Uh, so when we have that history and we have that relationship, it, it helps us be a better partner. Yeah, that makes so much sense. There's another thing you talked about, which I really like, which is you talked about kind of from inception like the company gets formed and being the banker there all the way through ipo and that's pretty new for bridge bank like you didn't used to have kind of that ipo you know super late stage capabilities is that a function of the acquisition or the partnership with western alliance or is that just the bank is broadening out its product suite like how did you how did you get to that point yeah, it's, 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 I'd say it's both. Um, for many years, BridgeBank uh, provided uh, loans to technology companies, but many times they were asset-based in nature, such as accounts receivable or inventory or, or you know, some semblance of, of enterprise value lending. And th- this is, is going back you know, 10 years plus. Um, over the last number of years, we've really expanded our efforts on, on both ends of the spectrum, meaning Series A venture debt, so that we, we are the incumbent when a company is looking for, for additional credit facilities over time. Um, changing banks can be viewed as, as, as a, a time suck. We don't think it is, but, but many times uh, that is the view. And so we want to work with companies as early as we can, starting at inception, starting at uh, the time they get that EIN number. We want you to call us and, and, and use our bridge to growth product that enables you to have a bank account and start a relationship with us so that we're that partner when you grow. 
Um, but again, continuing that theme of, of single point of contact and, and, and ongoing relationship management, companies are going public and we are now part of a bank that enables us to have the size to meet those needs as a company grows. That's where the Western Alliance component really comes into play. Because we're a larger bank, we have a larger legal lending limit and we can hold larger credit facilities. Um, as, as you know from your time at Lighthouse, if we can't do it all on our own, we're going to call, uh, work with a, a subordinated venture debt lender at times and or syndicate uh, with other banks, depending on the nature of the situation. But that makes tons of sense that like now the deeper pockets and hitting the $50 billion mark, you can, yeah, it just makes sense that you can do bigger loans, hold bigger loans on your balance sheet. That's what later stage companies care about, you know? So that's, that's yep. really cool. It's, it's, you don't always hear about acquisitions, especially in the banking industry being all that great. I mean, I was at Hamburg and Quest when you we were bought by, by Chase, JP Morgan, and it, it ended up working well, but there was a little bumpy, but oftentimes the company that was acquired doesn't get that many benefits. It usually accrued to the acquirer, but it's great that like the bridge bank client base, the bridge bank team is actually getting a lot of leverage and, and new capabilities out of that acquisition. Yeah, it's been, it's been a win-win all around. As, as I mentioned earlier, employees, clients, and um, shareholders, uh, it, it's really been a, a big success everywhere. And uh, it's all one bank, Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank is, is a division of Western Alliance. So we're all all on the same team and it really enables us to to be much more efficient in how we approach things and also have the resources to make sure that we're successful at it. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say, like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals in the company. And so you can click on the chart out profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is ChartOp has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartOp. Check it out, chartop.com. We use it at Cruise, really like it, and I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. Let's talk about the venture debt world because that's one of the areas that I see you being super strong in, especially like, I think people kind of know this, but there's, there's banks that do loans to startups and then there's funds. And I see you at BridgeBank as one of the premier bank lending institutions. Is that is that something where you talked about being asset-based lending in the early days, but it seems like you're doing more kind of growth capital lines and just more flexible mm -hmm. capital. I mean, was that a conscious decision to start doing that? It absolutely was. It was a conscious decision. It's where the market is right now, and and we're, we're certainly part of it. Uh, so I think over the last number of years, banks are doing a lot more venture debt than than maybe we used to. But there's still a, certainly a, a great need for the non-bank venture debt lenders as well, uh, both in addition to what the banks do, as well as uh, in many cases instead of. But when we have a venture-backed company, and it, it absolutely could be pre-revenue, the key for us is having institutional equity sponsorship, ideally with a, a fund or a partner that we've worked with before and or a management team that has done that before, we've worked with before, uh, that always makes it easier. 
but but we certainly want to be involved in all of those discussions to see how we we might be able to be helpful and so that that is a not new anymore but but newer relative to the history of bridge bank for us to be as involved in that side of the market uh, but it's it's been a, a good success so far and really has enabled us to uh, again going back to starting these relationships early and and helping them grow over time yeah. And when you're doing like, a, you know, you talked about like the point of inception, seed stage company comes in the bridge bank and maybe they go on to raise a series A. What's the lending criteria on that series A company? You talked about the institutional VC support. Are there other things you're looking for or evaluating? So uh, as always, right, it's it's the, the, the market, it's the, the management team, it's the product, you know, product market fit as is known. But a lot of it is is certainly based on the equity sponsorship and uh, what type of runway a company has. Uh, you know, we we provide debt to extend runway between equity rounds. That's to me what what venture debt is. It's not to replace equity. Um, it's it's to extend the runway from the equity, and that that can be a key as well. We we do get those requests from time to time. You know, I'm I don't want to raise equity. I, I want to do this all with debt. There is a time and a place for that, not always with a with a traditional venture debt loan. But I think one of the keys uh, for us, and and I, you know other other lenders do this as well, but but one of the keys for us is certainly um, we don't have a one size fits all approach. We're going to take each opportunity as it comes, try to figure it out as quickly as we can, uh, and if we can't be the right partner, we're going to let a company or an investor know quickly. We're going to tell them why, uh, and and we're going to hopefully have a referral or two to make. Uh, to a, a resource that might be better food, better suited for, for what that company is looking for. And I, I love that because you're a, you're helping them get funded no matter what, but B sometimes companies taking on debt when it's not appropriate can really get themselves in trouble. And there mm-hmm. are lenders out there that really honestly just don't care. <laughs> they just want to do the deal and they'll figure it out later. So yeah. there's a level of thought, thoughtfulness I really appreciate, but also like you, it, it's very hard to do a startup just on debt. Like I would never recommend that. So taking the long view and also working in conjunction with those equity, like the VCs, you know, the Sand Hill Road, New York, LA VCs, to me, that's like a good partner. You're just doing the right thing every time. And I, I value that quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're not alone there, Scott. I mean, I feel we, we, we hear that a lot. Uh, it's, it's odd to have people thank you when you, you tell them you can't help them. Uh, but that, that, that does happen. And, and not only does that happen, some people start banking with us, even if we can't provide the debt because they're appreciative of how we managed the process, made the right introduction, things like that. I do think you guys uh, are, I don't, I think you probably do a combination of like the deal people plus the underwriting or credit people, but I've seen you be, um, aggressive is not the right word because it's, it's smart aggressive. It's not, mm-hmm. There's, there's lenders who just throw out a big number and again, they'll worry about it later. But I feel like you're like, there's a lot of insight. There's a lot of thought that goes into the actual underwriting and what the appropriate amount of debt is for a company. And I, you know, we've seen, we've sent a bunch of companies over to you and it's always been a good situation for the, for the startup. So it's a good operation. Like people, people get what they deserve when they work with you. And they're not, you're not maxing them out or doing anything crazy, but you're also giving them kind of that extra runway that they can really use. And, and I think there's a lot of value in that, like an extra three months, an extra six months of runway to improve your metrics or just make more progress is really, really valuable to these startups. It, it certainly is. And, and yeah, a lot of, of, I think where, where we 
uh, tend to add value is we're not usually going to be the first term sheet in. We're, we're, we're usually not going to be the cheapest option. Uh, however, what we are going to do is, is do a, a, some more diligence up front so that we have a certainty to close. Yeah. We know that once we get to a signed term or to a term sheet that we send to a company, we know we're going to deliver upon that. That I think is, is very well received by our clients and, and by their investors who know that when they get a bridge bank term sheet, it's been vetted um, and that we're going to deliver on it subject to confirmatory diligence. And again, we're going to tell them quickly if we're not the right partner and why. The certainty close is so valuable. There's nothing more embarrassing for a management team to have a signed term sheet, the board's counting on it. You're starting to like make plans to spend that money or hiring people in advance. And then for the deal to fall through, that is like just, it, it's a really good point to bring up. Like that really, really matters. That's also where the relationship value and the one point of contact comes in too, because that's that's really not gonna happen if there if you have a good relationship with your banker. It shouldn't happen. You know, outside of like a, you know, September 11th, Lehman, you know, disaster kind of scenario, mm -hmm. you know, like you should be able to rely on that person. If that person is that person smart, they're not going to overextend themselves internally with the credit committee and things like that. So I value that. That's, that's, that's right. actually really, really nice. It, it's all related at all. And it goes back to what we started about uh, talking earlier, which is hiring the right people in market to lead, lead our teams. Our reputation is everything. This is a relationship business. And if, if we do not abide by well, if we don't do what we say we're going to do, we're not going to get that next referral from that investor or get to work with that CFO when he goes to his next company. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's very important for us to maintain that relationship, um, keep our reputation strong and, and and make sure that we follow up with what we say we can do. I, I totally agree. Well, you've been a great partner to Cruise. You've been a great partner to our startup clients. And I've known you for a long time. You've always delivered. And so I really appreciate it. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. But Maybe you could tell everyone where to find you, how to reach out if they want to work with BridgeBank. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so BridgeBank.com has all the information that anybody would, would ever want and more about uh, who we are and what we do. My direct phone number, 415-230-5680. Uh, email mike.letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at BridgeBank.com. And either myself or someone on our team would be more than happy to talk to anybody that has an idea about what they're looking for or just wants to, to you know, brainstorm about ways we might be able to be helpful. I love it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the partnership. Thanks to, I've, I've interacted with a bunch of the folks at BridgeBank too, you know, that work in your group and they're just really top-notch people. So I can't say enough. And uh, I really encourage all the cruise clients and anyone who's listening to this in the startup, startup ecosystem to reach out. So thank you for everything you've done for us and for our clients. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Scott. All right, man. Take care. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Old. Scotty.